Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is up, sports fans? My name is Jake Mazuski. You can call me Jake Iggy or Iggy for short. And this is Iggy Sports Talk. I really appreciate everybody tuning in to another episode of Iggy Sports Talk. And I have a very special guest on the show with me today. Her name is Dr. Shira Ackerman, and she is one of the founders of Creating Young Minds Academy. So how's it going, Shira? It's going great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I, I really appreciate you coming on the show. And I always like to start off most of my conversations uh, just talking about 2020. You know, you know, it was a very unprecedented time. Definitely did not go as expected uh, for what most no. people for a year uh, but I was curious if, if there was one moment uh, throughout this past year that you can look back at as one of the best moments of the year uh, what would that be I guess I would have to say ironically um, when everything kind of shut down and the reason I think is it allowed our program the time to slow down and because we, we go and go and go and go and go and, and rarely get time to, to stop. Um, and it gave us time to slow down and refocus our, our priorities and how we could help grow the program and how we could help our young man in a very different way. So it, it gave us the ability to do something we hadn't done since 2011. So. That makes sense. And, and just, just for our listeners, you know, when, when I first uh, found out about creating young minds, I, it was honestly a very eye-opening experience for, for me just, just to see that there was academies out there that, that were really focusing on, on just trying to build up these young uh, individuals to bring them into um, a really more centralized mindset of, of finding a purpose in life. And, and so just for our listeners, if you can just uh, explain a little bit about uh, what you have built uh, with Creating Young Minds. Absolutely. Um, back in 2011, my husband and I, uh, Mathis Crowder, and um, he can't be with us today because he's at practice with the guys. So um, we started our academy um, for high school and postgraduate young men, um, guys looking to get opportunities to go to college and play basketball, but to get their academics usually either partially paid for or completely paid for. So we started the academy with that in mind and have helped over over the years, probably close to 100 guys, um, uh, if not more, earn college scholarships to play basketball. Um, the difference with our program with other academies, because there's lots of prep schools around the country, is we typically get the guys that uh, didn't have opportunities. So either they were on JV as a junior or senior, they were cut from their high school basketball team, they never played basketball in high school, um, they just weren't given opportunities to really grow and develop as an athlete. So they have lots of potential, but they've never been given opportunities. So we focus on giving guys opportunities they wouldn't otherwise have access to. And to start, that was to get guys opportunities to go to college. Um, and we had lots of success with that over the years. We, you know, our guys did extremely well academically because that's our focus. You know, we use basketball to get their attention. But our objective is to help them realize academics are important and how to grow as a young man and, you know, be a valuable member of your community, um, that you're not just an athlete. And we've had guys graduate over the years with 3.0s and up, uh, magna cum laude, summa cum laude, um, three-year graduates with three sevens and up. But the basketball piece was the piece that wasn't exactly working perfectly. Um, and anyone who follows sports understands there's a a really big political system with college sports. No matter what the college sport is, it's very political. And unless you're in it, you don't see that. And that was, that was hard for us because in the beginning we went in thinking, okay, you know, you work hard, um, you do what you're supposed to do, you're very talented, you'll get the opportunity. Well, it doesn't work that way. Um, our guys are the ones with no stars, no rankings, um, so there's no hype around them but they're extremely talented and they work harder um, they go to class they get really good grades but they're not the recruiting class that the boosters paid for so because of that they don't get to play they're the face of the program you know um, they're no maintenance <laughs> not even low maintenance no maintenance at all 
Um, they're the ones that actually go and meet with the boosters. They're the ones that are the face for the community. Um, and after having multiple years of this, because we've had lots of graduates since we started in 2011, um, we decided we needed another route. We needed to help our guys grow and be successful and rewarded for their hard work, both on the court and off the court. So we needed an avenue to get them the professional experience um, without having to deal with the politics of college sports while they still get their college degree. You know, we've partnered with Grand Canyon University, so all of our guys can get their degrees online. Um, it's a lot faster. It's a lot cheaper. Um, I wish they had that when I was in school. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it allows the guys also to control their academics. Um, you know, you're finishing up in college. And I'm sure you've seen athletes don't get complete control over their academics. Right. Um, usually the advisor is actually a coach or someone in the athletic department. So they are enrolled in classes to keep them eligible and make sure that their travel schedule doesn't impact on classes. Um, as opposed to a student going after a major they really want and are interested in. You know, they don't have that control. Right, that, that's interesting that you bring that up because uh, th that was actually something that was a major vocal point in one of my, in one of my courses uh, this past semester about how most of the time coaches uh, force these majors uh, on, on these athletes to make it easy enough for them so then they're able to stay within the GPA sort of stuff. And that, that must be a really enlightening sort of experience for the young men that, that go to your academy because they know that they're actually open to be able to do things that they've always dreamed of doing. Right. And what, what was interesting, the very beginning of our um, program, our first guys that went off to college, um, they would call me and, and text me their schedule and say, you know, um, Mishira, does this look right? And I look at it and go, oh no, <laughs> you, you have all elective classes. You don't have any core classes. You don't have any academic classes and electives are fine, but you can't take that many at one time. Um, and I'd say, okay, this is what you need to do. You need to go to your advisor, the coach, whoever it is, and you have to act dumb, okay? Because if you give them an attitude, now you're a problem. And so you need to go and, you know, I don't know, you, because some of our guys, you know, they had older siblings or, or cousins that went to college and say, you know, bring up whoever in your family's already been there and say, you know, um, they told me I, I should have an English class and, and a history class and a, a science class. And, you know, the art elective is really good. And, you know, because I really like art, but shouldn't I have some core classes in here to get me prepared for my major? And I said, I know you know all of this, but if you go in demanding it, you're going to be a problem and they're going to cut you. So you have to have a different approach. And they all did it and were all very successful. Our guys, we taught them to advocate and be in control of their academics. And so our guys graduated with real degrees, <laughs> but they didn't play. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it's, um, it was interesting. Our guys were very surprised every year they think, oh, well, you know, you know, Ms. Shira, you know, she, she says this all the time, but that's not true. It won't happen to me. And then they get their schedule and they call me and go, oh my gosh, what do I do? Yeah, I mean, I bet it must be sort of an anxious moment for those students because I, at least for myself, if I, was, if I was a freshman going into college and they already had this set schedule for me, I'd be like, okay, they, they have my well-being and, and mm -hmm. you know, myself in mind instead of them just like forcing that upon you. And, and obviously as, as a freshman or, or, or somebody who's, who's new and is in a new environment, you don't want to, like you said, uh, give an attitude, push anything and, and really push the boundaries that could potentially uh, shorten the opportunities for yourself. Right. And most, most student athletes, unfortunately, don't know that this is going to happen. And like any other freshman going into college, you get a schedule and you go, oh, wow, these look like really easy classes. Okay. <laughs> like, I get yeah. not morning classes. These are great. You know, everyone says college is hard. My schedule looks really easy. <laughs> you know, so they don't know. And they don't know it's okay to say that you want to actually take some classes, you know, with some content and that you can stay eligible. <laughs> You're, you know, a lot of the stereotypes with athletes and football players and baseball and women's sports is athletes are dumb. 
-hmm. And so you have to give them easy classes or they'll just fail. And then they're not eligible to play and now you've wasted a scholarship. And so it's not like this is in the goodness of their heart that, you know, the athletes aren't smart enough. No, this is going to cost them in the long run. And, you know, it, unfortunately, if athletes and families aren't taught that going into the process, then they don't know. And we've seen the worst of it once we started our professional team with the basketball league, the TBL, is last year we started getting um, young men who had gone to college and played um, or, you know, stopped playing while they were in college. And they're, you know, 23, 24, the age you would be if you graduated college, but they didn't graduate and it wasn't their fault. And almost every young man we got was in that situation because their coach had scripted their classes all those years and they went to them at the end. They had a semester left and said, um, you know, coach, I'm, I'm a semester short or I'm a semester and a half short. These are the classes my my advisor says I need for my, my degree, what do I do? And he says, well, your eligibility is done. I can't help you. And it's, it, it crushed them. And we had so many young men come to our program that way last year. And we thought, well, we knew it was there. And so now we have guys that we didn't, didn't even go through our program and still have the same experience. And so we worked with them and that's why we partnered with Grand Canyon so they could get the credits they needed so that they could graduate. Um, but it's unfortunate. There's young men and young women all over the country that have gone through that. And you think you run into well, an athlete that didn't get their degree. Well, no wonder. No, it, most of the time it's not their fault. Right. Exactly. And, and I feel, I feel like sometimes at least, at least at my college, um, I had a few classes with, with, uh, athletes, football players, um, basketball players, that sort of stuff. And I, I feel like some of the times the coaches sort of push the focus of, of their athletics way too, way too hard. And they sort of push back a little bit less on, on the academics. Cause I, I, I had a few group projects uh, with, with a few athletes and they thought if they just said, oh, I have practice, can you work on the rest of this project for me? When I just did the entire project, I'm like, listen, that's not going to work. I, I understand you have an hour worth of practice, but like, what about after practice? Yeah, no, you're right. You know, the, the priority, you know, student athlete, it really is the wrong term. You know, people have been saying it for years, um, but it's true. They're an athlete first. They're, they're not a student, not in, the, not in the eyes of whatever sports team they're part of. Um, and it's unfortunate. And if you get to the really, really large programs, you have the power five and forget about it. You know, they, they don't have a chance. Um, and so when they highlight, you know, um, on the free throw line, right, the players go up to shoot the ball and you've got someone who's actually got academics, right? And they've got this great degree and they highlight it because it's such a small percentage of athletes at that level that really know enough to advocate are smart enough and the school goes okay you're right this is actually going to benefit us so we'll let you do it but they i'm sure they had to fight really hard for that right. you know and it's unfortunate because they put it out there as if this is common when they do it on television and it it's not it's a very small percentage yeah, I, I got to agree with you. And it's, it's something where it's interesting that you brought up the politics part, because e even growing I, I was a I was a big baseball fan uh, and a big baseball player, as, a, as you can see, Fenway Park behind me. But um, <laughs> growing up, like the politics thing, even even throughout Little League, it, it was something where why am I not on the field? Oh, yeah. The kid who's replacing me, his dad is the coach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in the upper parts of the league or, or, or something like that. And, and, and it followed me from Little League to high school. And, and, and so I'm curious. Uh, do you, do you really have to fully explain this to the athletes or, or do they kind of come in already, already kind of having this understanding that, that the politics is, is such a huge part in athletics? Well, fortunately and unfortunately, a lot of the guys we get have been on the, the, the raw end of it, right? So they didn't get opportunities for a number of reasons. Um, and I'm sure partially, you know, they moved into the school district, right? So you're not part of the group that's gone all the way through with all the same coaches, right? Um, you, you weren't recruited to that high school team. Um, and people realize that high schools recruit just like anybody else, right? Um, you weren't 
you know, your father or mother didn't have the AAU team that made it to now be a circuit team. And so you weren't on the right team. And so now you can't play on the high school team. And, you know, our guys went through that, whether they completely understood it or not, I'm not sure, but um, we definitely had to teach them the politics when it came to college recruiting. And it was really hurtful for a lot of our guys. You know, we, we have the academy year round, but then we also had an AAU team, right? And we were never fans of AAU, but we knew that we needed to do it to keep our guys on the radar for the coaches, right? For the recruiting process. So we'd go to these tournaments and play against shoe company teams and we're, we're a no name team. Um, and we not only win, but our guys who are extremely talented would destroy these four and five stars. And you have, you know, the Power Five conferences sitting there watching. And we had to explain to our guys, even though you went out and you destroyed them, because that's what, what we've taught you to do and you're more talented, what always happens is, well, he had a bad game. And they kind of brush it under the rug. And then we even had guys, you know, um, high recruits, we would be scheduled to play against their team and they wouldn't play them they'd come in in street clothes on purpose and because they didn't want them to get embarrassed. And instead of that benefiting our guys, it's almost as if it didn't happen. And that's the part we had to explain to them. And that was hurtful, you know, because they didn't understand we're doing everything you've taught us. So why aren't we getting a fair opportunity? Um, and that's why over all the years, and all the late night phone calls, you know, our guys calling and, you know, crying and angry and wanting to kill their coach, you know, everything possible. Um, we decided we needed to find another route. We needed to really give our guys the best opportunity to take the politics out as much as possible, you know, and keep them playing because a lot of our guys really can play at that next level. Not, not everybody, you know, mm -hmm. some guys really do, you know, they, they need to go to college and, and um, that that's okay. But for the guys who don't need to go through that, you know, this is a much better alternative. Um, and by adding the professional team um, with uh, the, the TBL, which is the third professional league in the United States, we give our guys the opportunities also to build their own businesses. You know, we're creating entrepreneurs um, and they're going to get their college degrees at the same time and they're professional athletes and they give back to the community. So now they have a value and they're not just a basketball player. Um, and the community interacts with them. You know, it, it's, it's very different um, than even, you know, uh, the NBA, right? And the NBA G League, you know, their CARES program. I mean, everybody knows that's, that's very staged, right? It happens certain times of the year and um, they, speak, they pick, um, you know, specific athletes and they go out and they do it. Um, but it's not uh, an everyday, all year, around the clock, real giving back and involvement with their community. Um, and the TBL is is driven in that direction. You know, all the teams, you know, we're, I think we're at 31 now. Um, every team gives back to their community and they're all over the country. You know, we go and do community service every Monday and deliver food to senior citizens with CCA um, because they can't go in, out and get it themselves, you know? Um, but that's, that's the difference. We're trying to help, you know, our young men figure out who they are as people, what's important to them and to grow as a young man and basketball. Yeah. Okay. You know, that's, that comes all by itself. You know, um, if, uh, Mathis was here, he would say, you know, He's, he's probably one of the best developers um, around the world uh, when it comes to basketball. And the reason is he does it very differently. He, he develops the mind, body, and heart. And the basketball takes care of itself. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we figure out who these guys really are, and we genuinely care. You know, um, that's why, you know, year after year, our guys come back on vacations. You know, before we even had the pro team, they'd come back and they'd work out with the, the new group and they, you know, they called it their CYM family, you know, even guys from overseas. Um, so it's, 
it's a different purpose to help them be successful off the court because professional sports only last so long. Right. You know, nowadays, if you play until you're 40, everyone's amazed. Well, but look at all the years you have for the rest of your life. But what are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. I, I think that's such a powerful sort of thing to focus on, because especially uh, at least just from like my experience growing up, see, seeing kids, their parents push them, push them, push them. And all they're told to do is focus on that one sport. And if you focus on this one sport and you get professional and you make millions of dollars, <laughs> the rest of your life is 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 golden. But but like a, after they retire or let's say they don't make it in professionally, they're sitting there like, well, what do I do now? I, I don't, I don't have a sense of purpose. And, and so I, I'm, I'm curious, how do you, how do you really instill that into these young men and, and help them, uh, you know, think of these ideas um, for, to, for entrepreneurship? Because at least for myself, I mean, it, it took me a good amount of time to understand like what my why, what my purpose is on this earth. And it's a very deep um, and, and obviously complicated thing to figure out, but I'm, I'm curious, how, how, do you, how do you find a way to uh, instill that sort of stuff in these young men? Well, I think, um, and you know, you can, you can ask any of the guys at practice, the majority of practice isn't even just about basketball. You know, I mean, yeah, they, they do drills and they scrimmage and they do all that kind of stuff. But a lot of the time we spend talking to them, you know, and um, the guys that have been with us since 2011, they would say, you know, oh, you know, Coach Mathis is preaching to us, you know, and because what we do is we say the same things over and over and over again, and probably the same things we've said since 2011 to help our guys understand that there's more to life than just sports. You know, who are you as a person? What, what's important to you? What things do you want to do and why giving to others is more important? And he, you know, he does, he asks them, you know, what is your why? You know, we'll go around the whole group of guys and, and talk to them and have them listen to each other and figure it out. Um, and, you know, we've said to them, look, we want everyone to build their own business. So what I want you to start doing is thinking about what you're interested in aside from basketball. What are you passionate about? What do you really enjoy doing? Um, and then let's figure out how to make that into a business and how that can be part of creating young minds because, you know, we're a nonprofit. So we've got all different components of our program. You know, we have the Academy, we have the professional team. We now have our undiscovered league. Um, and all of it is under the same umbrella. You know, one, one of our guys, um, Marcus Brooks, he, we, he joined us last year um, to play on the professional team. And we talked to him when he first joined us and it, it took a little while for him to wrap his head around exactly what he wanted to do. Um, but during the pandemic, actually during the shutdown, he got his LLC. And so he has his own production company, you know, mindful films, and he does all of our um, video work, all putting out all of our stuff that has to do with our community service events. Um, a lot of the interviews, you know, that, that Michael Lenore had been having, you know, we, we film a lot of that. And, um, but his purpose for his business, it's not about sports, you know, his, his interest in photography and videography and production has to do with finding the, the beauty in life that's all around us. You know, the stuff that, that people aren't paying attention to, you know, what's in nature. Um, and if you go to his page and his website, you'll see, he's got these great videos on things, you know, that, that he sees, he went canoeing on one of the lakes nearby, or, you know, um, he was in um, New Mexico, I think, and going hiking. And, and those are the kinds of things that his business, the purpose for his business is, but it fits in because we have a platform for him to build the business. And, you know, it's, he doesn't, he doesn't make mixtapes, you know, <laughs> we don't, we've tried to teach him that that's not going to help you grow and stand out with what you want. Um, but all of our guys, when they first want to come to us, we, you know, whether it's for the pro team, just to play in the undiscovered league, um, to join our program, to play on the academy team, we talk to them on the phone for a good 40, 45 minutes usually. And that's before we invite them to practice. And what we ask them is, what are you passionate about outside of basketball? And 
what do you want to build for your own business? Because when you're a professional athlete, you have a built-in audience. When you're a small business owner, you have to work really hard to find your audience. But as a professional athlete, it's right there. So why not take advantage of your platform while you have it? You know, you, you don't have to wait till you're, you're no longer playing. Nobody knows who you are anymore. Right. You know, so use that platform to build your business. And um, I don't remember if Michael had said it during his interview with you the other day, but he's going to be starting his own podcast. You know, you can tell he likes to talk and he's very good at it, right? So, um, you know, we're helping him build his own podcast. And our goal by the time the TBL season starts, which is now slated for the beginning of April, is to have more than 50% of our guys with their own LLCs or their own nonprofit, whatever organization type that they're looking for to build their own business. Um, because it's one thing to just talk about it. But if you don't actually act on it, then um, you're not taking advantage of the opportunity. Well, so I, I, I think it's amazing sort of the things that you instill in these young men, um, mainly just like I said before, the whole the whole why the whole purpose part of it, uh, because at least at least for myself, um, like growing up, obviously, my, my parents and anybody's parents, they always encourage uh you, you you to focus on your passion but it's always the same sort of question how are you going to make money and at least for me i i went into college uh as a business and sales major because that was going to make me money and <laughs> my junior year I, I thought about well i'm not really focusing on my passion my, my passion is talking about sports my passion is talking to people that love sports and just learning about people's stories and so that's, that's, that's why I went out of my comfort zone, start, started this. And it's something where I, I obviously had tons of anxiety at the start of, of, well, well, if I start this, is it going to fail? Like, you know, obviously this stuff is swirling in all mm -hmm. these young men's head. And, and so how do you help these young men sort of just take all the outside noise out of it, all the anxiety out of it and just, and just focus on what they want to do and, and help them believe that they're able to do that. Well, that's, um, one of the other pieces of our program is we teach our guys to support each other, right? Um, and to, you know, as, as my husband Mathis would say all the time, to have tunnel vision, right? So there's going to be a lot of outside voices, right? Whether it's for basketball or building your own business, there's going to be a lot of people, you know, a lot of haters that are going to say no and try, try and tear you down and, and give you all sorts of reasons as to why, you know, creating young minds are not really going to help you, you know, the whole thing, right? Our guys go through it nonstop. But what we teach them is to support each other. And if they have that support system from the program and their own peers, their teammates, then nobody else's voice can get in, mm -hmm. you know, um, and they, they really help build each other and support each other so that you know, with Marcus's business, some of the guys that are interested in production and film and, and photography and videography, they work with him, right? So he teaches them how to do it and they work for him, with him, whatever way you want to do it so that they're growing their experience. And then, you know, when we have Mike's podcast, you know, the guys are going to be working on how that all operates, you know, how, what platform do you use and what equipment do you need and who's going to film it and how are you going to make sure that you get, you know, people to come on and talk to you and community members and so that we're not the ones who are doing it, that the guys are doing it with each other. And, you know, when they're successful, then the next guy coming up to do something will also be successful. So we teach them to build and support each other and to, you know, just don't hear all that noise. You know, it's going to be there, but to focus on the people that are there for your success. And, and they know we care about them and believe in them. But when you've got a group of, you know, close to 20 guys that are all supporting each other, then they're going to be far more successful um, at a faster rate than someone who really is trying to do it all by themselves and to push out all that noise, it's hard. Um, mm -hmm. But we also teach them and we prepare them 
Um, like I said, we do far more talking than I think we do basketball, <laughs> um, but which is probably why practices are so long. But um, we teach them all these pieces, you know, and, and explain to them what's going to happen. You know, um, my PhD is in behavior analysis. So, I, you know, I understand behavior and I understand people. Um, and my husband is very good when it comes to people. And so we teach the guys what they're going to run into, you know, what you're going to face. Um, and they don't always believe us. And then when it happens, they go, Oh, you guys were right. Okay. So, so how do I, how do I deal with that? What, what do I need to do? And we've told them whether it's, you know, the 16 year old who just started coming to practice or it's the 30 year old who's been with us as a leader for the last year and a half or two years, everybody can learn from everybody. Mm -hmm. and everybody's gone through different situations that they can help the next person going through something similar. And so we encourage them to really support each other and become like a family with each other. You know, it, not everyone's going to, and you know, our program is very difficult and it's very different. So not everybody lasts, but we do give everybody opportunities, you know, um, whatever happened in your past was in your past. We're going to, evaluate you based on who you are today and, and what you're willing to do to change and to grow. But there's an entire program here and there's a lot of young men that all go through similar life experiences. So why not help each other go through it as opposed to, you know, stay, stay in your own little corner and, and I'm just here to play basketball. There's lots of programs like that. You know, you, you can go do that, but ours doesn't really operate that way. That makes sense. And it's really cool that you have like everybody work together because I bet uh, th there's a lot of guys that are like, well, this is only happening to me. Why is this happening to me? And, th and then you have other guys be like, or, or like five guys, let's say like, oh, the same thing's happening to me. So like everybody's able to help each other out, you know, um, sort of, and, and that builds probably some great chemistry, some mm -hmm. great relationships between the guys. Uh, but I want to talk a little bit more about other outside noise, especially like, like the basketball politics sort of part of it, because, I mean, you talked about uh, all, all these big schools coming in and, and all, all like the obviously there's that Aurora in, in, the, in the room of, of like, shoot, I should be there. And it's, it's something where I, I bet um, it must be sort of tough for, for these, especially these young guys coming in and really being able to buy into the process and buy into the mindset and not allowing uh, sort of the anxiety of um, not being able to get where at least they thought in their mind that they should be and just allowing, uh, you know, the process to go with itself. So how do you help uh, the young men sort of build up that mental strength um, to sort of block out all the outside noise of just basketball? Because other thing about is, um, you know, I've dreamed of doing this all my life and, and how, how is this program going to help me? Well, and you know, I'm glad you brought that up because we have, um, you know, guys from age 16 to, you know, late twenties and 30 year old, they've all gone through different things. So, right. So we have the 16 year old, 17, 18 year old that are in high school that have dreams of going, you know, going playing D one, right. That's, that's the goal. Right. And then we have all of these guys that have either gone division one, division two, Division three, NAIA, um, or played pro overseas, and they're all there in practice together. And what we do is we encourage the guys to tell each other their stories. You know, we're going to tell you what what's likely to happen. But you know, you in the beginning, you you look at us and we're we're just like your mom and dad, right? We're too old. We don't know anything. So we know that, and that's okay. But you now have teammates and guys in practice with you that have gone through exactly what you think you want to go through. And they tell you it's not really what you think it is, you know, and we let them help and guide, you know, and it's not to say that that works every time because it doesn't, but for a lot of guys, the younger guys, they, they get to really understand what it's likely they're going to face. Right. And that just because you thought you needed to go high school, college pro, this program gives you a different opportunity. You know, now it's not high school, college pro. It's not even high school prep, college pro. It's high school prep pro. Mm -hmm. And 
And, you know, we're the first replication of the European model here in the United States, right? Because all around the world, all the other sports, they do it differently, which is why they're so successful, which is why they come over here and they're dominating, you know, the NBA, because they've been playing professional since they were 14, 15, 16 years old. And, um, you know, not getting paid, you know, the contract offer comes, you know, they're close to 18, but then, you know, they decide they're going to go into the draft and that whole process. But with our guys, it's the same thing. You, you don't have to go the way that everyone says the process is supposed to work. And I think that, you know, Mike's journey is going to be extremely beneficial to all the younger guys that come after him because he did exactly the way we have it set up but that wasn't his intention, you know, and I think he talked to you a little bit about that. Yes, he wanted to play in the NBA. That's always been his goal. And that was our goal with him to play professional. But all along the process, when he came to play for the prep season is we talked about, okay, well, we'll work on college recruitment. You know, that's what you want to do. You want to go to college. You want to go play division one. So we'll have division one coaches come in. We'll have them recruit you. We'll do all of that. And then when it came time for the TBL season, then it was a conversation of this is a real option for him. And we think it would be a really good benefit for him. And he won't lose his eligibility. You know, he's not going to get paid. He's going to be on a development contract. Um, so he could still go to college at the end of the season if that's what everyone thinks is best for him. Well, when you do what he did in the TBL, it doesn't really make sense to go backwards. Right. You know, and that's what it would be. It'd be going backwards. So that's what we do when we have our older guys, you know, the ones that have been to college where the younger guys think they want to go. And we let the older guys mentor the younger guys. And that's, we work on a lot of mentorship with our guys um, because most of them didn't have that when they were coming up and they appreciate having the ability to give that to, to someone that, you know, has all the potential in the world and just needs a little more knowledge about how things really work. Yeah, that makes sense. It was, it was awesome. Uh, like we, like we talked about earlier with, with Michael, how, uh, about how motivated he was and it didn't matter about if he, if he didn't go the route that everybody else goes, it didn't matter if he didn't get drafted on draft day. I, I, I loved the thing that he kept on saying throughout our conversation is I'm going to have a different story and people are going to watch. And, and, and that was something that, uh, that I, I brought up to him um, because uh, there's an NFL player right now, DK Metcalf, who's making a lot of noise and he keeps on saying, I'm trying to, I'm trying to show the doubters or the people who did not or who passed on me in the draft that they should have drafted me. And that's something that I said to Michael is, is, is once he does get to that place and once he does show people uh, sort of everything that doubted him, I, I, I said to him, just go, Shh, I'm not done yet. <laughs> well, and that's, that's the way that he, you know, he looks at things and, mm. you know, a lot, a lot of times we end up with young men, you know, cause he started with us right after he turned 17 is, you know, they come with, with that chip on their shoulder. And that's okay as long as it's directed the right way, right? When, um, when guys come and it's, it's me versus the world, right? It's, it's that kind of mentality. That's not going to get you very far, right? Because it's really not you versus the world. The, the world doesn't really even know that you have something against them. And so you have all of this um, frustration and, and anger geared towards something that's only going to going to harm you it's not going to help you and so we help you know all of them figure out it's not you versus the world you know it's you didn't get opportunities so let's take advantage of the opportunities let's spin this to a positive you don't have to be angry angry is not going to get you anywhere um, use your skills as a leader and and let's be a mentor to other people and let's help guide people who have gone through what you did to help them get a better outcome and then show the world what they're missing. Not in anger, but for them to go, oh, wow, how did, how did we miss that? You know, and well, it was right in front of you, but now that you see it, just enjoy watching the show. You know, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's, that's not negative. That's taking an opportunity and taking all of that anger and spinning it 
to a positive for your benefit. Because if you stay where you're angry and mad, then you don't get any benefit out of that. Now you're just going to stay angry and mad and the world's against you. And well, but you had all these opportunities in front of you and, and you missed them because you were too busy focused on the wrong thing. You know, use the chip on your shoulder. Absolutely. But use it the right way. Yeah, I completely agree with that point. Uh, and I, I was curious. So you talked about a lot about how, how you find these young men who didn't get the opportunities that most others did. And I, I was curious, sort of, how do you find these people? It, is it through referrals? Do you, do you watch a lot of film? Do you, go, do you go to a lot of games? I was just curious. Well, we, we actually don't even recruit. Um, and because we're, we don't have to look for guys. Guys find us. Um, and whether it's through people that have already been in the program, whether it's through coaches, you know, it started a lot with college coaches would send us players, right? Um, because they knew we could develop, you know, guys who aren't ready for college yet, but have the potential. Um, we had, you know, we get a lot of international players and all of that is, you know, it's from word of mouth. And that's, we didn't really use social media when we started. We, we were kind of forced into getting Twitter and then Instagram and Facebook. And um, now we, I mean, we get it, we understand. And, you know, the, the shutdown really helped us figure out how to use that more effectively. Um, but we get guys because everybody knows everybody. And because of the way our program is set up, Guys understand that if you want an opportunity, all you need to do is contact us, you know, and, and we'll talk to you. And, you know, we haven't ever had to recruit because we don't need players. You know, there are so many athletes in the world um, that are looking for opportunities that, you know, we're on every platform, we're all over the internet, you know, we're, we're known all around the world. So, you know, guys, guys and families and coaches, you know, they find us. That's really cool. And, and it must have been sort of a different sort of process, especially during the shutdown. I, I bet you got a lot of people contacting you like, sure, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Is this going to happen forever? Like, am I going to be, be able to play basketball? Because it was interesting just from a fan perspective looking at at least what happened to the NCAA, sort of they're like, well, I guess we're not going to have a season and uh, we don't really know what's going to happen with your eligibility. And <laughs> as, as an athlete, I'd, I'd be like, well, uh, that's like the rest of my life. Like, what were you talking about? Well, and, and you're right. You know, the, the TBL actually um, was the first professional league to shut down, right? And the NBA, I think, did it like two or three days later. Um, but we told all of our guys, you know, we, we knew what was going to happen um, as a league and we were actually supposed to take a trip um, the day after we decided as a league, we were supposed to get on the vans. We were supposed to go to Kentucky. <laughs> um, so our guys were ready and, you know, they, they really, they even say it now. I, oh, I saw that text message and went, Oh no, <laughs> I wanted to go. But you know, what we did is we talked to all of our guys and said, okay, we're, we're going to practice and work out until, you know, we can't. Um, and we had a few practices before everything got shut down, at least here in Texas, you know, it was for three months. Um, but then we talked to all of our guys. Okay, these are the things you guys need to do on your own. You know, um, check in with us, you know, uh, very often and let us know how you're doing. Um, we started posting on social media. We have so much content. We still do. Um, of stuff that wasn't put out, you know, um, videos of what we did in the community and videos um, of our guys playing. And so we have all this content. We just started putting out a lot of information and all of it was positive because we figured out what everyone was seeing and hearing was so negative that we needed to create some more positivity and, and get our guys to see things that way and open that up for the community. Um, and of course we're in Texas, so we're very fortunate, um, that things opened back up in June, you know, very slowly and professional sports were allowed to operate and have fans, um, you know, with, with, uh, you know, the precautions in place and, and percentage restrictions. So we started our summer league, you know, and we played for the month of July and it was, an opportunity, not just for our guys, but guys locally to play. Cause 
nobody could play. There, there was no, no one was able to go play. Teams weren't playing. Um, you couldn't go overseas. Um, there, there weren't any workouts. Um, you know, the NBA, the G League, everything was shut down. And um, so we gave guys a platform to play, you know, professional basketball. And you know, we had our pro refs and, you know, the TBL FIBA rules, just like we, we did during the season. And we live streamed everything. And then we did a fall preview league in September. Um, and then we start our undiscovered league at the end of October. And that's going to lead us up until the TBL season. And our objective is to continue giving guys that platform, you know, and there's likely to be another shutdown, right? Isn't that what everyone's talking about? So what we've been talking to our, <laughs> hopefully not, but what we've been talking to our guys about is, okay, we have X amount of time to plan for it and prepare where before nobody had any time to prepare. It just kind of happened. So, we're going to continue playing as many games as we can. We're going to give as many guys opportunities who want to join the league um, and play on teams. We're live streaming everything. We have, we're getting lots of film. Um, we're going to continue going out into the community, doing everything we can to help our community. Um, and we're going to continue putting everyone's name out there so that if we have to slow down for, for a couple months, that's okay because we've continued to work and, and give you guys opportunities so that when things open up, if they have to shut down again, we're already ready to go. You know, we're, we're not starting from zero. Um, you've been playing. We have lots of film. We have lots of pro stats. You have opportunities. And, you know, one of the biggest things when we talk to guys during the shutdown, not our guys, but other guys that were reaching out, was we talked to them about overseas opportunities, you know, and unfortunately a lot of guys didn't understand that that's really not an option for the majority of players anymore. And, you know, agents may be saying one thing and, you know, but the likelihood that a team from overseas is going to take an American player in a league that maybe lost a lot of money because most of the leagues lost a lot um, because they had to shut down early also. And so whatever they were playing, they were paying their imports and they're usually allowed two or three, depending on the, the league, that number is significantly lower because they just don't have the money. Right. And the process to go through getting an American player overseas that's, that's back home, leagues are doing it, but there's a long process and you have to be the man right? There has to be a reason that you're going to have to go through that entire process to go play for a league where they have their own players in their country that they don't have to do all of that with. So that just means that, that the, the opportunities are smaller. Mm -hmm. And so there's more and more guys that are here in the United States that would typically play professional overseas that need to play and need to get opportunities for when the borders really do open up. Um, or, you know, when, when the G league and, and the NBA start going again, I mean, think about it. We, everyone's watched the, the NFL, right? You have players who are out because of COVID. And so what do they do? They bring up players from the practice squad. That's why they have a practice squad in the NFL. And then they're given an opportunity. So then they have to bring someone else up to the practice squad. And so there's more and more opportunities here in the U S for guys that if you can play at the G League and NBA level, the NBA is going to have guys that are gonna get COVID, right? I mean, we've already seen it with training camp. So they're gonna to need to bring guys up from the G League. And then the G League is gonna to need to bring up other guys to play on their teams. So that just opens the doors. And then you have all these TBL teams all over the country and the TBL has already been full of, you know, former NBA players, um, guys that have played in Europe, played all over the world, played in the G League, that now you don't have to go overseas to play professionally. You can stay home and play in one of the 32 teams around the country. And it's a showcase league. The idea is to get guys opportunities. So why wouldn't the TBL be a great um opportunity for the G League to take players and move them up when their players get moved up to the NBA teams during the season. You know, the system's built, it's right there. Exactly. Yeah, it's really interesting how, how you talked all about that. And, and it, must, it must be sort of obviously a weird time 
for a lot of these athletes on certain time and especially for the academy as well and i was just curious uh one last question that i had was uh going into 2020 as much uncertainty as there is um where can my listeners uh follow what is going on um at creating young minds and where can they find these live streams and and also all these great videos that you're talking about with you doing amazing things in the community absolutely um Usually if you just type in creating young minds into Google or Bing or Yahoo or whatever, everything comes up. Um, but we're on, you know, Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook. Um, the live streaming for our undiscovered league is on our U screen channel. Um, so on, on Instagram, it's cym.lewisvilleleopards. Um, on Twitter and Facebook, it's CYMB ball or CYM basketball, one of the two combinations. Um, our website is creatingyoungminds.org. Um, but really the easiest way is just type our name in <laughs> and then they'll find everything. And we've, um, all of our Undiscovered League games are also featured. I think we've got like four or five different podcasts that do recaps after the games. And most of those come up um, when you search as well. So if they can't tune in live, they can listen to the recaps and, you know, get to know some of the guys in, in the league and watch their journey as they get picked up by TBL teams around the country or they get opportunities to play in the G League or the NBA from that league. So. That's awesome. Yeah. And so everybody who's listening right now, go over to creatingyoungminds.org or just search into Google, like Shira said, creating young minds and go over and see how you can help go and support because honestly, Shira, what you guys are doing, what you guys are uh, building is, is honestly inspirational and, and unreal. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate that. You know, we're, we're just trying to help, you know, young guys get opportunities. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.